slapped himself on his massive chest. It is his story that I record here, for Sebastian Ailton was the man who became my father, and he it was who made fast friends with John Wycliffe. Neither knew on that day that they would soon see the world turned upside down, nor that the very road on which they stood would soon be made a waste place by God's wrath. They only knew that they were hungry and weary on the road at dusk. "'Ah, I think you'll be alone at the inn, good Sebastian,' John said. "'I cannot spare for it. I've yet to purchase books and school vestures.' Sebastian Ailton waved away the objection. "'I cannot afford a bed either, but fear not. I'll get us in, my master Johannes.' "'You are bound for Oxford?' "'Aye.' I saw you far ahead and have hurried on to catch you. You keep a swift pace for one so slight. From the wild country are you? He added with a glance at the rustic wool tunic and patched stockings that John wore. I, York, near Richmond. And I from Leicester. My father is away on the continent fighting. And Sebastian Ailton's sparkling brown eyes blazed as at a sudden longing. Then he gave a snort of disgust. And I go to Oxford to pray for his soul. In those days, of course, nearly all the students at Oxford became priests by taking the sacrament of holy orders. And many a student was sent to Oxford to pray for the souls of his family. The Paternoster, or Our Father, was the most common prayer. That and the Ave, or Hail Mary. Sebastian patted the unstrung bow, which stood as high as his head. I can fire off an arrow and shoot two more before it comes to earth, friend John. Yet now I am doomed to kneel at mass all morning and quote the scholars from noon to sunset. Perhaps your father will relent before you take holy orders, John suggested. More likely he'll be split from head to belt in some skirmish, and I shall be freed, Sebastian grumbled. Sebastian, and about your own father. Pardon, pardon, I think you're already the priest of this parish from the way you talk so, Father John. Holy orders is a serious thing. You enter it with too loose and light a tongue. Sebastian gave a snort and said, my milk and meat have been the tales of hot skirmishes, final charges, and bold crafty shots loosed from an archer's bow. And then, after a close skirmish with the French, my father decides to put me where I'll keep his soul safe, with a bunch of ox-eyed, soft-handed, big-bellied priests. He glanced sharply at John. Do you truly think them a bunch of holy men? I had supposed so, John told him. Are not there Cistercian monasteries near Richmond in York? Sebastian asked. What think you of them? I'd never thought of them before, John admitted. Except that when the Scots would raid us, we often fled to one of the walled monasteries. Then I'll tell you, Sebastian said. The monasteries are not the holy places that they claim to be. Instead, they are little kingdoms. The monks own vast tracts of land, and they have peasant farmers who work for them. 
They keep their farmers under a double load of taxation, and then charge rent from them. And a farmer cannot grind his own grain. Nay, he must take it to the abbey, and they will grind it and charge him. And if he's caught with a small grinder in his own home, he's shorn of his ears or has a hand lopped off. And a sheepkeeper cannot full his own cloth. Nay, he must take it to the monastery, where they will full it and take their portion, and then overcharge him. Now tell me, is this the service where you will lay up treasure in heaven? John hesitated. He was, as Sebastian had noted, a rustic country lad. Little had he ever seen of monastic life, though he had seen the lands under the domain of the Cistercian Monastery in Richmond. Huge tracts of land, farm, meadow, and wood. John's father had been adamant that John should not be a monk.